0: You are listening to a Victory Alabang podcast. How does Jesus come just in time in spite of opportunities that we've missed? Find out in week one of our Christmas series, Just In Time, in this message by Pastor Ariel Marquez.
1: We are starting a brand new series entitled Just In Time. And uh, this is actually our Christmas series we're talking about Christmas and I I believe that all of us are looking forward to having a merry Christmas. How many of you believe that despite what happened in our nation that Christmas is still coming? Amen. Okay and Christmas is actually just I believe that when you talk about Christmas we celebrate the birth of Christ. We remember his coming and the reason why he came not just so that we can have Uh, you know, gift givings or maybe carolings or having those bonuses. How many of you are still waiting for your Christmas bonus? But it's not about that, okay? Because when you talk about Christmas, it's really focusing on Christ. And, you know, I know that Christmas comes once a year, but I believe that we can actually celebrate Christmas every day of our life. And so we're talking about just in time. In fact, uh, we probably just borrowed this uh, term this is actually a. Uh, it's actually a business term. I think uh, the Japanese uh, use this. Uh, the Japanese term for just-in-time is actually a kanban. It's actually a uh, a way of doing inventory uh, to reduce production cost. Okay, I don't want to be technical here, but uh, in order for them to be able to reduce uh, and maximize on the current uh, level of uh, productivity, they say that. Uh, you just deliver the necessary goods just in time so that you don't have to carry a huge inventory cost. But I believe that, you know, it it was probably the Japanese who borrowed this from a biblical point of view because I believe, how many of you know that when God does something, He will always do it just in time? Amen. Amen. That the timing of the Lord is perfect. How many of you know that the timing of God is perfect? And sometimes we think that, you know, Lord, you know, I've been waiting for a long time. I've been praying for this thing. I've been praying for this girl. I've been praying for this business. I've been praying. I've been praying. I've been praying. But how I many of you know that God knows best and God knows when to give to us uh, in the right time? And so we're going to be talking about, you know, uh, the, some stories in the Bible and how it actually impacts our life uh, today in the 21st century. And so allow me to just go ahead and... Uh, unpack our objectives for this series. For the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about uh, this thing. And then we're going to be actually having a uh, uh, Christmas Eve service on the 24th. Uh, I believe that you have that in your uh, bookmarks on the 24th. We're going to be having uh, three services, one, three, and five. Okay, so uh, by that time, we're done with this series. Okay, so allow me to just read this uh, objective. At the end of this series, we will see... That God is never late. Everybody say, God is never late. Is never Look at the person beside you and tell that person, God is never late. Is never He's never late in fulfilling His promises. Whether universal for the whole of humanity or even personal. For us, in our application, for our families, and in our personal lives. Leading to a greater understanding of the gospel revealed in the Messianic prophecies and so today we're going to be focusing on despite lost opportunities and how many of you sometimes think that there were opportunities that came and passed you by and that you've actually missed some of the opportunities like for example last week there was a big sale in saint james bazaar how many of you were there in the traffic of saint james bazaar and maybe some of you are wondering well wow, i missed that opportunity I missed that sale or whatever, okay? Of course, that's a very good example of a lost opportunity. Maybe some of you are looking at an opportunity of a lifetime. Maybe you're waiting for this promotion or, uh, you know, you've been praying for this uh, new job and, you know, the opportunity seems to be perfect and yet you were not ready. Or another person got the position or maybe it was passed on to, uh, to another office mate or, or, or whatever, okay? A lost opportunity, But I believe that though we think that we may have lost an opportunity, how many of you know that in the eyes of God, nothing is lost? Nothing is wasted. Because in the whole scheme of things, God is in charge. Amen. Amen. And God is the one who will make sure that we fulfill everything in accordance to His will and accordance to His purpose. So allow me to just invite everyone to stand as we read our text this morning. We're going to be reading from Luke chapter 1. This is actually a um, Christmas account, but really not focusing on Christ yet, but focusing on John the Baptist, basically the the parents of John the Baptist. Okay, so Luke chapter one, uh, beginning in verse five, we're going to be reading through verse uh, twenty. Okay, Uh, Luke chapter one, verse five. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah, who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. So both of them were Levites, okay? They were priests from the tribe. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. Verse 7, But they had no children, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well along in years. In other words, they're both old, okay? So I just, uh, you know, this is my italics. Okay, no children. Everybody say no children. children. Everybody say barren. Barren. And everybody say old. Old. Wow, what a situation. And they're praying for a child, okay? Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as a priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. Every time somebody would see an angel appear in the Bible, whether it's Joshua the commander or whether you know Isaiah, we've read that in Isaiah chapter 6. Or even in this case, Zechariah. How many of you know that when you see an angel of God, your response will be in fear because of the glory of this heavenly being? But the angel said to him, do not be afraid. Everybody say, do not be afraid. afraid. Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. Verse 15, For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will uh, he bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go on to the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and the hearts or, and the of the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, if you're familiar with the prophecies given to Malachi about 400 years prior, this was the exact words of the prophet Malachi. Now, it took about 400 years for John the Baptist to be born in order to fulfill this promise. How many of you know that 400 years is quite long? But God is never too late, right? Okay, how many of you are willing to wait for 400 years? Okay, anyway, so later on, okay? The Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. Now, husband, this is a key to marriage, okay? You can say you're old, but never say your wife is old, okay? Just say, My wife is well along in years, right? Okay, verse 19, The angel answered, I am Gabriel, I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. Last verse, and now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which will come true at their proper time. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you so much for this morning. We welcome your Holy Spirit in our midst. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are our teacher, our Wonderful counselor, we thank you that you're the one who opens the scripture and helps us to understand what you want us to learn today. I pray, God, that you would speak to your church. We open up our spiritual ears and our hearts to listen to what the voice of God is saying this, uh, this morning. We commit to you this time. We thank you, Lord God, that you will change our hearts today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may all be seated. Okay, so now we're, we're looking at the story of the birth of John. And this is not John the Beloved. This is not the Apostle John. This is John the Baptist. Okay, this uh, was the cousin of Jesus. And during that time, the couple, Zechariah and Elizabeth, had been praying for a child. Can you imagine? You've been praying for the longest time and the answer to your prayer is an angel from the Lord. Can you imagine that? How many of you are, you know, how many of you know that is an amazing answer to, to, to our prayer? Okay. So can you imagine what if you're praying for, maybe for a husband? How many, how many of you are singles here? Can you please raise your hand? Single women? All the single ladies? All the single ladies? Anyway, so how many? please raise your hand. Okay, single ladies. How many of you are praying that one day you will get married? Ayaw na, okay? Okay lang yan, okay? Um, <laughs> How many of you that, uh, are praying that one day you will get married to a godly man and a very rich man? Okay. Alright, okay. I think we have to qualify our question every time we ask from the stage. A godly and a rich man, what a combination, okay? Can you imagine if you're praying for a godly and a rich man? You know, somebody who's committed to the Lord, somebody who's, you know, a a strong Christian, but at the same time, very responsible. Can you imagine if as you were praying in your room, the angel Gabriel would appear to you? Greetings, oh blessed woman of God. Man. And that's exactly what happened to Zechariah as he was doing about his business as a priest, the angel of God appeared to him. Can you imagine? They've been praying for the longest time. Elizabeth was barren. So that's quite a difficult task to do. I mean, there's no in vitro fertilization during that time. There's no IVF yet. And they don't know you know, what will happen. In, in, in Israel... If you don't have children, it's actually a shame for the family. Yeah. Part of the blessings of God in Deuteronomy chapter 28 is that you will be fruitful in, the, in your womb. Not only in the work of your hands, but also in your womb uh, with babies, with children. Okay, You're not just uh, productive in your livestock or in your business, but actually in your family. And so... Maybe they were a bit pressured from their families and from their friends. You know, as Elizabeth was attending maybe the high school reunion, you know, in, in, with her classmate, she would see all the babies that all her classmates you know, are carrying. Oh ha! Oh Elizabeth, meru kanito, yeah. And so maybe she was pressured because she had no ch- children. And so that's quite a shame for them. And so the situation of Zechariah and Elizabeth, they had no children. Elizabeth was barren. They were old. But what's positive for them is they were both righteous. Amen. They were both righteous. They loved the Lord. They're both committed. But yet, they haven't seen the move of God in their personal life. Now, how many of you can relate with Elizabeth and Zechariah? How many of you sometimes feel that Lord, I am here. I'm faithful. I'm a righteous guy, not because of what I've done. You know, I, you know, I'm committed to the church. I am a giver. I am, you know, but somehow my prayers have not been answered. Anybody can relate with that. From time to time, you know, you've been frustrated that your prayers are not answered, and and this couple have experienced that. And so, Zechariah, being a priest, okay, this is. Zach, not Zach, Ephron, okay? Zach, a priest, okay? He was wearing an apron, okay? Zach wearing an apron, a priest, okay? (laughs) That's That's the uniform of the priest during that time, okay? So, out of all the priests and Levites during that time, the Bible says that he was chosen by Lot, the division of Zechariah was on duty and he was serving as a priest before the Lord. And in verse 9, it says, he was what? Chosen by? Now, I don't know how they did it. It's not like bingo, okay? Bingo or you know whatever, okay? But somehow there's like a lot. Was it circumstantial that he was chosen? Was it by faith that he was chosen? I believe that it's in accordance with the plan and the purpose of God for his life. Amen. That at this point, God had to decide that, hey, 15 months from now, Jesus will be born. So we have to make sure that his cousin, John the Baptist, will be here. Because the prophecy is he is to make way and prepare the way of the Lord. And how many of you know that God in his supernatural and in his infinite wisdom knows exactly what to do, when to do, where to do, and whom to do it with? Since Elizabeth and Mary are both uh, cousins, it ended up that you know uh, Jesus and John the Baptist were were cousins. So we see that the, cho- the, the the choosing of Zechariah was not an accident. It was in the plans of God. Basically, my my first point is God is in control. Everybody say God is in control. God is in control. God is in, God is in, God is in charge. God is in charge of your situation. God is in charge of our families. God is in charge. God is in control of whatever is happening in our personal life. How many of you know that there are no accidents with the Lord? That somehow, yes, we may think that this is, you know, this, this, this this is odd. You know, you might think that your situation, you know, God's forgotten about you. But guess what? God has something great planned for you. When Zechariah did not expect for an angel to appear, an angel, no less than Gabriel, the archangel, appeared to him and tell him the good news. And I believe that when God appears and when God, you know, God has the authority and the prerogative to actually rearrange our schedule. How many of you know? Why is that? Because He's God. (laughs) We may have plans for our life. We may think that, Lord, this is foolproof. This is my plan. I'm going to go to this college. I'm going to get this job. I'm going to marry this girl. I'm going to retire at this age. Guess what? God has the prerogative to change whatever it is that He feels like He needs to change in accordance with His will and purpose for our life. Amen. I initially planned to be an accountant, an accounting lawyer. I told my dad, after accounting, after taking the board, I'm going to law school. But guess what? God stepped in. And everything changed. Well, I say to God, Lord, labo naman. Ganda na ng plano ko Why didn't you step in and touch with my plans? Guess what? God is God. And God can do what He wants. Amen. Yes. And I believe that my training as an accountant was not even wasted. It's, it's being used right now. And when I counsel people in the area of whatever, business or, you know, in the area of accounting or whatever, finances, somehow I glean back from my training in the past. How many of you know that there's no accidents in the Lord? Yes. There's no wasted opportunities with God. Amen. Amen. God is in charge. God is in control. Moving along, verse 13. The angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. What did the angel say? Your prayer has been what? Prayer. Has been heard. And how many of you sometimes feel that when you pray to the Lord, it doesn't go past the ceiling of your roof? Parang <laughs> Lord, can you, can you actually hear my prayers? You know, it's, it's kind of odd because Zechariah was a priest, he was a Levite, he was praying to the Lord, and when the answer to prayer came, he did not even believe. How many of you have done that? That when you're praying for something, when the prayer was answered, you can't even believe? Lord, talaga ba is this really you, God? Is it real? Am I really you know, going to be promoted? Am I really going to be you know, uh, healed from my sickness? Am I really going to be, you know, will you really provide for me? When God answers our prayers, do we dare question God in the way He would provide for us? And this was Zechariah. He did not even, you know, realize that it was God moving in a situation. Probably he was so focused on his circumstance. I am old. My wife is barren. We have no children. I am old. My wife is barren. We have no children. I am old, my wife is barren, we have no children. then the uh, angel Gabriel came. Don't disturb me, okay? I am old, my wife is barren, we have no children. Will we let God take charge of our situation and actually answer our prayers? You know, when you talk about God hearing our prayers, which is my second point, God hears our prayers. You know, we're not just making a wish into thin air and hopefully a mighty being will hear our prayers. How many of you know we are talking to a personal God? God is our Father. And He loves hearing His children talk to Him and pray to Him and come to Him. Amen. You know, I remember a funny story from... Uh, yeah, from a preacher in the U.S. when he was telling this in his preaching, and there's a there's a Christian man who was walking across the beach one time, and God suddenly appeared, and he spoke to this man because he happens to be a Christian, and the Lord spoke to him and said, "My son, because you have been faithful to me, I'm granting you one wish." Wow, parang genie in the bottle, no? and so the The Christian man thought for a while and he said, God, you know, I always dreamt of going to Hawaii, but I don't want to ride the plane. Since I'm in the beach, can you make the world's longest bridge that can actually bridge this beach to the shores of Hawaii? So the Lord thought for a while and he said, Wow, that's quite difficult, my son. You know, Can you imagine the logistical nightmare, the engineering requirement that we will have? Uh, can you think of another wish? And so the man thought for a while, okay, okay, maybe uh, I'll change my wish. Uh, you know, Lord, I've been married for 20 years. And for the past 20 years, I really could not understand my wife. You know, it, can you help me understand women in my life? So the Lord thought for a while, okay, uh, going back to that bridge, do you want uh, two lanes or four lanes? <laughs> For those of you who didn't get it, you will get it sooner or later, okay? God hears our prayers, ultimately. In 1 John chapter 5, this is the confidence. Everybody say confidence. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything, everybody say anything? According to His will, He what? He hears us the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask for anything in accordance to His will, I mean, that's a big range of things to ask from God. The question is, do you know the will of God for your life? Are we spending time enough with God so that we can actually hear His voice and say, God, uh, you know what is your will? And actually hear Him, That, my son, this is my plan for you. Not your will be done, but my will be done in your life. And how many of you know that God's will for our lives is always good, pleasing, and what? Perfect. It's the best. You know, don't go for second best. When we pray, and I, you know, I, I think I've said this quite a few times here. I'm grateful to the Lord for His unanswered prayers. Because, you know, there were some prayers that I have prayed in the past that were so selfish. And those were self-motivated prayers. If God answered, can you imagine if God answered all our prayers? Remember the movie Bruce Almighty by Jim Carrey? Remember, he got tired of, you know, listening to all the prayers of the people. And then there's like a big computer and he, said, and he said, answer yes to all. And chaos came to the world because many times when people pray, they pray selfish prayers. You know, can you imagine if we, if all, our, if all my prayers were answered, I probably would not be a pastor today. I'd probably be, not be, uh, standing in this church, you know, preaching, preaching before, uh, in front of you, I'd probably be married to another girl if all my prayers were answered. But I'm glad that God aligns my prayers to His will because this is the confidence we have in approaching God. If we ask anything in accordance to His will, He hears us. And we know that He hears us, so whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of Him. Amen. My third and final point is God always keeps His promises. I mean, if you've made a promise in the past then you've actually broken that promise. Anybody here who's broken a promise can please raise your hand, be honest now. I did. I made some promises even to my kids that I have not been able to fulfill in the past and I have to go back to them and say I'm sorry for not being able to fulfill this. Now, how many of you know that God is so different from us? That God, when He says something, that He fulfills His promise. The promise giver is a promise keeper. When He says something, guess what? He has the authority to, to fulfill it. He has the faithfulness to fulfill it. And He has the desire to fulfill whatever He says to us. You know, what, a, what, a, what is a promise? A promise is defined as follows. Words said or written. Binding a person to do or not to do something. So, for example, if you promise, so for example, we, uh, in a marriage or in a wedding, when two people would come together and exchange their vows, how many of you know that a vow is a promise? How many married people do we have in this place? Please raise your hand, wave your hand. Married and happy, right? Okay? So, remember the time when you were Saying those vows, you know, I will love you. You know, for richer or for poor, hopefully for richer, for you know, for in sickness and in health, hopefully you're healthy, you know, till death do us part, you know, hopefully not me first, okay? But so you know, whatever it is, okay. But remember when you said those vows, those are promises. And you did not speak that vow only to your spouse, but the Lord heard, heard those vows. That's a vow spoken before God. And that's a vow spoken to your spouse. And it's a vow spoken before all the witnesses who were present in your, in your wedding that day. Don't, you know, don't break your promise to your spouse. Always keep the marriage covenant. Anyway, this is not about us. It's about the Lord fulfilling His promise to us. And this is the Lord fulfilling His promise to Zechariah. And he's He's saying to Zechariah, you're gonna have a child. Now, in Zechariah's mind, how can this be? Lord, do you know how old I am? Ubus na yung skelan sa mercury drug. Sakit na yung buto-buto, whatever. You know, I... You know, where reason begins, faith ends. The moment you start thinking about the natural, guess what? You're hindering the supernatural. That's why in the mind of God, guess what? Nothing will hinder my promise. So for the next few months, you're not going to speak. Instead of you saying negative words about the promise of God, guess what? God will just allow you to not speak at all. That's exactly what happened to Zechariah. When he went out of the duty of being a priest. He was doing sign language. He cannot speak anymore. It was God who silenced him. Either you speak, either you be positive or you be quiet. And God would allow us to, to actually just meditate on His Word and just start believing if, if our confession or if our mouth would speak negatively, guess what? It will actually affect our lives. How many of you know that life and death are in the power of the tongue? There's power. When you speak those words, the tongue has the power of life and death. My question for us every day is what kind of words are coming out of our mouth? Is it godly words? Words that are true, noble? Or are those negative words? Are those words of doubt and unbelief? Did God really say that? Will this really happen to me? Remember the time when the Israelites were asked by God to go around Jericho for how many days? Seven days. And in those seven days, God said to them, Don't speak a word. Just be quiet. Just march around Jericho. Just march around the walls. Don't don't speak anything. So they're marching. First day. Second day. Second day. Third day. Fourth day, okay? You know why did God allow them not to, did not allow them to speak? Because chances are if they're if they allowed to speak, guess what? As they are going around the city, oh man, these walls are huge. <laughs> if they oh, if they start speaking, their faith will be eaten up by their doubt and unbelief, by the negative words. But God simply says, zip it. Don't say anything. Just watch me move. And on the seventh day, now's the time to shout. And the Lord told them to shout for he has given us a city. And guess what? Once they shouted, the walls of Jericho came tumbling down. And how many of you know that God is like that to us? Whatever walls of Jericho that the enemy has set up in your life, guess what? As you shout before the Lord in belief, in faith, it will start crumbling down. Amen. That's the way to do it. Come on, give the Lord praise. Because God's promises must always be received with faith. God is faithful when He says something, He'll do it. But as we receive the promise, we also have to receive it in faith. Because doubt and unbelief silence people to the reality of God's promises. We can never walk in doubt and unbelief and question the promise of God. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since the promise of entering His rest still stands, Let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. Verse 2, For we also have had the gospel preached to us just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them because those who heard it did not combine it with faith. When God gives a promise, and how many of you know that God always fulfills His promise? But when God gives His promise, as we receive the promise of God, we need to receive that promise with faith, despite the situation, despite the seemingly lost opportunities, Lord, too late a hero ka naman eh. pa, tanda ako na, baby, I cannot carry a baby anymore. Diba? It's not about us; it's about God's plan for us. And I can imagine Elizabeth going to the mall. Pushing a stroller. And people are asking, "Uh, Is that your grandchild? (laughs) Excuse me, this is my eldest. (laughs) Because between the time of the given promise and the time of fulfilling the promise is a time for faith in the promise. There's a season of waiting as God gives you the promise and the actual fulfillment of the promise is a time of waiting in faith for the promise. Of course, when you talk about waiting, waiting is probably the hardest thing to do nowadays. We don't want to wait. We believe in an instant we're in that instant generation, right? Remember those days when the internet was still dial-up? Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> and just to check your email, it would take you like an hour. But now, we're, you know, it's zipping through. You know, the, we're, we have fast internet connections. And we have you know, 10 Mbps or 15 Mbps or whatever. We have fiber optics. And still... We're saying, An naman. It's, it's too long. Instant this, instant that, instant noodles. Some people go to Vegas having instant marriage, drive through marriage or whatever. But in the timing of God, there's no instant things. God doesn't really use a microwave. Does He, does he actually uses a crockpot. He waits. He simmers. He actually builds our character. And then when we are ready to receive the blessing of God, He answers our prayers. Because what God promises, He delivers. And guess what? And God always delivers on time. I know that FedEx has a motto, The world on time. How many of you know that God is better than FedEx? Yes. Because God is my timing. Amen. Whatever is in God's clock, that should be in our clock. God ultimately is our timing. So look at your situation, whatever it is. Is it about a promotion you're waiting? Is it about a healing you're waiting? Is it about a provision? Is it about maybe a spouse in the future? Is it about your kids uh, you know, uh, graduating from college? Is it about you know, maybe your children serving the Lord? God is my timing. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. I'm not going to doubt it. Let Him do in accordance with His will and in His right time. And as I was researching, I, I found out that the oldest mother in the world is Raho Devi Lohan. Okay? She's not a, I'm not sure, she's not a believer. But... She is the world's oldest mother, and she gave birth to a daughter, Naveen, at the age of 70. Natural, I think cesarean, okay? But it came from her own womb. For nine months, she carried a child. Wow. Because of medical advances and scientific you know, research. People are able to do this. But how many of you know that Sarah and Abraham in their old age of a hundred without IVF gave birth to Isaac? Because when God gives a promise, of course, they got into the flesh first. And they tried to help God with Ishmael. But yet ultimately, despite the fact that they deviated from the plan of God. God still fulfilled His promise to them by giving them the son of promise, and that is Isaac. Amen. As I come to a close, God wants us not just to believe in His promises, but also to believe in His timing. Allow me to just, uh, as we come to an end, you know, we're all familiar with what happened to Tacloban, and... You know, we're so grateful that people are helping out and, you know, we're, we're standing with our church there in helping rebuild that city. And today we happen to have the wife of our senior pastor from Tacloban, the wife of Pastor Eugene, uh, Miss Ruth Ramirez is here. And I'd like to call Miss Ruth to uh, give a uh, testimony on what she has experienced uh, in Tacloban. Can we just uh, give a hand to Miss Ruth? And just the journey of faith that
0: they had as a family. God is truly a great God. He fulfills His promises and He answers prayer. During the time of uh, typhoon, we were just there in the house and it was a very strong typhoon. It's a different kind of a super typhoon because it's a combination of parang di ko alam kung may earthquake because the house is really shaking very strongly and the rain is so hard, the wind is so strong, and flooding came, lightning, thunder. And in that two hours, children, a lot of children became fatherless, became orphans, mothers the wives lost their husbands and hi- husbands lost their wives it was a time na para siyang, hindi lang tsunami eh. waves upon waves upon waves just slam in tacloban but it is just god's faithfulness as in lamentation 322 says it's just by my mercy it's my great love that you are not consumed hindi kami inobos ni Lord kasi may plano pa si Lord for that region God has a plan for that and thank you so much that even for that few days that you did not hear from us i know that your prayers were really so strong that it reached us God protected us we are sheltered in the arms of God during that time and uh, When I came here after the few days of the typhoon, uh, this place was so full of different goods and it's not only goods but it's a good full of love that was extended for that region and some of the members here went to Tacloban to just really help and encourage Thank you so much for that and I just want to sing a song, I was telling Pastor Ariel, I just, there's a timely song, I knew this song when I was still in elementary, so it's a very old song, but it's very timely for what had happened right now in that region. And this is dedicated to those who survived in that super typhoon and those who died in that strong ordeal. God is faithful, God fulfills His promise, we are sheltered in the arms of God.
2: Ta-
1: Before Ruth goes down, can we just stand with her in prayer? Okay. Can you can you call them? We have some people from the who are here right now. Can we just call them to the front? These are precious ones. Amen. And I believe that going back to the Word, you can always rely on the promise of God for us. You know, God's Word says, the righteous run to Him and they are safe. And when the storms beat the city, these this people basically cry out to God and God went and rescued them. Can we just stretch out our hands towards them right now? Father, we thank you so much for what you have done so far in the lives of these men and women, Lord. Father, we ask, Lord God, that you would continue to show forth your kindness, your love, and your mercy. There are things that we don't understand why these things happen, Lord God. But one thing we know, that you are still in control, Of whatever is happening in our in our nation, God, that you have a great purpose for this land, and Father God, we just speak your comfort and your grace and even your peace upon this people, Lord God, and upon the church and the people in general in Tacloban, Lord God, I that they would learn to cry out to you, the God who saves, that ultimately, Lord God, though the storms would rage, Lord God, and the waves would beat against the city, Lord God, we thank you that ultimately. You are the God, the strong tower that we can put our trust in, Lord God. So, Lord, even right now, we we also ask that you would help them, Lord God, rebuild this city, Lord God. We stand with them as a church. We stand with them as a people, God. For those who have been traumatized by this disaster, Lord God, I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would come and comfort them, Lord God, and, and give them the grace and give them the peace, Prince of Peace. Move among them Lord God and walk across this city Lord God we thank you for Ruth we thank you even Lord God for her role Lord God with Pastor Eugene in that city Lord God they are a beacon of light in that city Lord God Lord uh, a city set on a hill and during this time of calamity I thank you Lord God that they are strong and mighty Lord God trusting in you and we thank you that as they work With the local government, with Mayor Alfred and Kring, Lord God, and all the other officials there. We thank you, God, that you will stand by them, God. Lord, we thank you for your wisdom. We pray, God, for unity in the spirit as well. Lord, even right now, we just pray, God, that you would just give them a time of refreshing as they stay here in Manila, Lord God. May your healing come, God. And we thank you even for those people who have lost their loved ones, their relatives, their family, God. We pray, God, that you would comfort them as well that in the time of mourning, in the time of grief, God, Lord, may you stand with them and hold them by the hand and speak peace. Lord, I pray, God, that when the storms of life, Lord, God, comes into our life, we thank you, Lord, God, that you will, Lord, just like Jesus said, be still. Be still and know that I am God. We thank you, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God.
0: We hope you were inspired by that message. As we celebrate this joyous season and end 2013 in Thanksgiving, we invite you to join us in opening 2014 with a five-day prayer and fasting beginning January 6, 2014. Please watch out for further announcements. Merry Christmas and stay connected.